Grund nummer 39, 50% priskutt på bleier med A. Hos Rema 1000 satser vi alt på å gi deg Norges råeste bleikutt. 50% priskutt på alle bleistørrelser og typer. Alt fra Pampers og Libro til Level. Max fem pakker med priskutt per handletur. Bare husk å aktivere kuttet i e-appen. Rema 1000, alltid lave priser. Hello and welcome back to the Radical Broccoli podcast. Today we have with us a very special guest. His name is Andrew Rowe. He is a certified NLP practitioner, theta healer and Reiki practitioner. Andrew uses a variety of modalities in order to find root limiting beliefs. And with the help of the creator, source, love or God, if you will, he helps us remove limiting beliefs and to replace them with more empowering beliefs. So if you feel like there's a certain belief system in your life that you want to switch, but you just don't know how, this episode will be for you. So we were both introduced to Andrew by Kari Uppsal, who has also been a guest in our podcast, which is a really, really good episode, by the way. You should go and listen to it if you haven't done it yet. And right now we are both working with Andrew to shift our limiting beliefs and so far, it's been really good. I even had some uh, interesting ones that I thought that I had cleared a long time ago. <laughs> they snuck, <laughs> snuck in there. And I think it's wild to see how our beliefs, our thoughts, again, create our reality. Absolutely. And sometimes we don't see them because they actually feel like the truth. Mm. Which we will talk much more about in this episode. Mm. We will also answer your questions that you sent in through Instagram at the very end. And I really, really advise you to listen to those. They were really good answers. Yeah, so we will talk with Andrew about how to create with the universe, how he works in the sessions. And he tells us his personal healing story. We also discuss how we can kind of get addicted to the drama in our lives or to fear or to being angry and how we have to actually choose to live a life filled with joy, happiness and peace in order to make the shift. Mm. And we also touch upon such an important thing that is being in service and how us feeling good, working on ourselves, shifting our limiting beliefs really enables us to be in service, to be here for people that we love to give something great back to the world yes so with uh, that i think we should uh, start the episode yes hope you enjoy and please share this with a friend if it helped you or maybe it can help someone you know yeah um find some joy and some hope and uh yeah we also love your feedback on the episodes if that is a rating or a message on our instagram or a comment on itunes it warms our hearts so thank you and enjoy well hello andrew and welcome to the podcast hi thanks so much for having me so amazing and i guess we can say first that you are also I was going to say picking us apart. (laughs) (laughs) We're also working with you now, which is why it's so amazing to have a talk and we can share with everybody the things that you do and how you work. So I'm very excited for that. And we'll probably share some examples later of uh, what we're doing. We'll see the good ones at least. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
But before we start, we were really wondering if you can tell us a little bit about yourself and about your background. Like, where do you come from? And yeah, it's a big question, but how did you end up with the work that you're doing now? Sure. Yeah. I mean, okay. So background (laughs) about myself. Um, I was born in Switzerland. Um, I grew up in France. Uh, My mum's Canadian and my dad's Irish and British. Uh, So I've got a lot of passports. Um, And yeah, growing up in in Geneva, going to school in Geneva allowed me to have a very like kind of worldview because of the UN and I was a lot of my friends were like from all over the world. And I think that created a big foundation of my understanding of other people because I was accustomed to deal with a lot of different cultures, um, religions and um, belief systems. Um, And so then I went off to uh, university and studied creative writing and drama because I was like, I'm a dramatic bitch, so I want to be an actor. Can I swear on this? Is that okay? (laughs) Sorry. Um, And yeah, so I was like, okay, I'm going to be an actor. This is is how I'm going to be. And tried to get into drama school. Didn't get into drama school. My parents were like, okay, you need to go to university. So I did drama and creative writing because I thought, oh, it's like best of both worlds. And I pursued the acting career um, and it went like fairly well. I did um, some stage work, a bit of film work. um, But then it was just like, I finished university. And when I was at university, I did a lot of drugs. I mean, um, most of us do, but I got kind of lost in them. So I started doing a lot of ketamine. um, And long story short, I did... Um, a lot of drugs to the point where I started like having some called like drug psychosis, um, which was also a spiritual awakening. So it was really um, scary because I started to hear voices, like hearing people's like thoughts. Um, I was seeing auras like blue and red. And I grew up in a religious, not super religious, but a religious family. So for me, it was very much black and white, like red was evil, blue was good. And so then I created this um, duality in my head. And so friends that were like really good friends of mine, I saw they had red auras and I was like, oh my, and then I started like doubting their friendship. And, um, and I started to, I would say definitely losing my mind, like, crows started to follow me. I wouldn't leave my house if there was a red car. Like it became like really paranoid, um, not schizophrenia, but just paranoid. Um, And then my dreams like were wild. They were always about like me being in hell and trying to get out of hell and going back to heaven. And and so I started to believe that I was evil, that I was a bad person, that I was um, a demon, that I was a fake angel. All these stories I started creating around myself. And um, actually, you know, that was my goal. That, and I'm so grateful for that because it put me onto the path of light. And it put me onto remembering my light and remembering who I truly am. And so... Loads of different things kind of took place um, where I started to have to just re-examine and like, who am I? Like, uh, am I this bad person or am I, because I've never done anything bad yet. My mind is like deciding to bring me to these past lives where I've done horrible things and are they real? And, you know, really started questioning my reality. 
And I went to a um, retreat in Thailand uh, with my new partner who I just met, who were still together. He was a very big uh, part of me healing as well. Um, and went to Thailand and met this girl called Alana and she was so nice and she did a, a Reiki healing on me. Um, and it was my first experience of like energy healing and it was so profound and I cried and, and she said, you know, you're, she was like, you're such a beautiful person yet you don't see it and you don't understand it. And I was like, but it still didn't, it still didn't ring true to me. You know, like people would keep on telling me it. And I just was like, but I don't believe it. Like I am a bad person. And, and so then I just went on this like journey of trying to figure out like, am I a good person? And so I started getting into cards and loved doing cards um, and Oracle cards um, and then getting into the angels. And then I went on the Camino de Santiago and like walked that and met people who like confirmed that I was a good person. Mm-hmm. And I slowly was starting to realize actually, do you know what? I am a good person and I have so much to offer this world, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then it just kind of started to develop itself. So I was like, okay, like I really love spirituality. I really love angels. I really love the cards. Um, and I always wanted to be like a coach of some kind or do psychology, but I was like, I don't know how to get into it. Cause I used to teach, sorry, this is like a freaking like deluge of words here. Do stop me if I'm like talking too much. Oh. No, it's okay. Um, so yeah, so I then um, was working with refugees and asylum seekers teaching English, still doing my acting on the side. Um, but then was like, I really want to do like something where I help people. And I was doing that with my students and they're like, you know, you should be a, a psychologist because you're really, and I was like, I don't want to go to university and do four years more studying and be in like a really constricted environment where actually I just want to do like spiritual stuff. Right. And then it's literally just so synchronistic, synchronistic. Let's say that's a word. I think it's a word. <laughs> Um, this girl I know, Marjorie, who's a shaman, came to my house and did a fire ceremony and she did a reading for me and she said, you should train as a theta healer. You'd be really good at it. This woman is doing a, um, a course and I looked into it and I was like, do I want to spend this money? My boyfriend thought it was a cult. He was like angry at me because I did invested in it. He's like, I can't believe you did it. Like he didn't talk to me after that. He was like really pissed off because if you look on the internet, you can find all sorts of things, you know? Yeah. Um, and then it, this was during lockdown last year. And um, I started to do this kind of like work around healing. And I was like, oh my God, I'm really good at it. And because I did swaps with other people and I was doing it with like people who had done it for like 10 years. And they're like, you're really advanced. And I was like, okay, you know, I really enjoy it. And I was, but I didn't think anything of it because my mind was so still focused on acting and I'm going to be an actor and I still love acting. So if anyone's listening out there and they want to work and hire a Canadian, Irish, British bitch, I'm here for you. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I then like just allowed whatever needed to come to come and um, decided to like take it more seriously this year uh, in... March, I think, and I like invested in the business coaching program, and it just took off. And I like booked like 130 clients since March, um, including you two lovely ladies. Um, and <laughs> I realized I'm making such a huge impact in this world by helping people release their limiting beliefs. And 
yeah, combining all of the knowledge and understanding that I've gained from going in such dark spaces to remember my light. So I feel like I am got all of the tools and knowledge to share with others to help them reach that. So I guess that's my very long story about how I got to where, where I am now. Wow. That's an amazing journey. Yeah. You see it now, it was probably not uh, how you felt all the time. No, absolutely. It was it definitely, yeah, a difficult journey. So, so difficult. Yeah. yeah. And many limiting beliefs probably to get over. Oh my God. So many limiting beliefs, like just the limiting belief, like of I'm a bad person, you yeah. know, or um, I'm unworthy of love or um, I'm not good enough. You know, like I'm, I won't go into the, the depths of my childhood, but I had like a fairly good childhood, but like everyone, you know, like my dad, like he was not very present. And then he made, he was from an older generation. And he never made me feel very like I was good enough. And, you know, some people say, well, you just change those beliefs, but it's like, yeah, but like, if you've been kind of programmed that when you're a child, it's hard to just change those beliefs. It's hard to see things from a different perspective because, um, you know, we see our parents like gods and and we take their word for the gospel. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah, absolutely. And what I think is so amazing is that when you finally saw the good in you and the light in you, then you were able to be of such service to many people and change so many people's lives. Yeah. And that just, yeah. it's such a beautiful thing because I think a lot of people want to hold on to the story of being bad because you kind of maybe feel like you don't fit in or you don't know where you belong, but that self-love and that determination to actually go through with it, figure out that you're amazing. And that is like your gift to the world. It's yeah. pretty wild design. It's really, really beautiful. And I think one thing that I had to come to terms with was I was always like beating myself up for doing those drugs and beating myself up for having these experiences, which I guess in the medical um, profession, like I should have probably been sectioned, um, yeah. but I just didn't, I was afraid to talk to anyone about it. Yeah. So I just dealt with it on my own. Mm. But I always then had like, I wouldn't say resentment, but guilt. Like, did I like disappoint my, um, you know, higher self or did I do something bad or should I have done something different? And it's only like recently, I think this year where I just was like, actually, no, like I'm so grateful for that experience. Yeah, I could have died. It could have killed me. It could, I could have lost my mind, but it, I didn't. And I'm here to say, you know, to, to tell the tale and I'm here to be able to guide others back to their light as well. You know, that's one of the things that drives me so much is when I help people remember that they are love at core. Yeah. Like, oh, it just makes me feel so good. So yeah. Oh, I can only imagine. And now you have this successful business. And I mean, I really have tried a lot of healings and a lot of different things. And I don't know, I got this intuition to just book with you. And we had one session in May. And then um, I, I convinced Suzanne to book like <laughs> nine sessions and, and myself too, because you're, you know, but you're really good. And I think it's very special. And that's probably also because you've been through like all of the beliefs yourself, transformed them. So you really do know. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. But of course, um, so right now you, you help a lot of people get over their limiting beliefs. Yeah. Um, but what is actually a limiting belief and how, how do, like, what impact do they make on our lives? Does it matter if we pay attention to them or not? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think so. Limiting beliefs are um, created in their belief systems that are conscious or unconscious that we <laughs> look at your glasses. Love that. You look like you're in some kind royal. of medieval, <laughs> you're in a medieval movie. <laughs> we have believe we're royal, you know, that's just how it is. <laughs> yes, live that life. I'm all for it. Um, yeah, sorry, going back to, I, I've got like, yeah, that's how I do. I just like break attention. So I hope that's okay. Um, yeah, so the limiting beliefs are created consciously or unconsciously. They can be from this timeline or they can be from past lives or they can be from your ancestors. So you're you're really contending with a lot of different belief systems. Um, and when they're created, they go into what is known as like the habitual mind, right? So, which is also seen as the unconscious mind. So it's the mind that is programmed habitually that just dictates your life without you really noticing them. And they can happen in all sorts of ways. So you could have, you know, a parent that says that, um, you know, uh, your brother always does it better than you. Okay. Um, and then, so you immediately create a belief system where you're, you're like, well, I'm not good enough. Or my brother's always better than me. Or, you know, because that's what's been taught to you, right? My, my father said to me that I was an evil little child once. Dad, sorry if you're listening. Um, but yeah, he said I was an evil little child. Um, and that really stuck for me. And I think that was, again, the program with the, the evil thing I had to shift because I was told when I was a child, I was evil. Um, and we believe it because when we're children, our parents are God. So anything they say to us, we will take on board. And it's safer for us to believe that it's us the problem than to see that our parents are at fault. Because as soon as we see our parents at fault, we don't feel safe anymore. We don't feel secure. So it's like a, a coping mechanism, a survival mechanism that we use. Um, so then these belief systems, they start to dictate our life and they'll ha- they, they can hide in the most mysterious ways. And you think like, oh, I've dealt with my self-worth. Like I, I definitely believe I'm worthy. Yet every single time you like get close to something, you sabotage yourself, right? So it's, it's looking at those patterns around that. Um, so that's what belief systems are. And they can come from, as I said, anywhere, right? And they can come from the smallest moment to the biggest traumatic moment. Um, and I think the most interesting ones for me is when past lives come up. Um, and I think that's something I specialize in. I don't know. Um, I don't know what it is, but I can tune into people's past lives. And actually, the past life is what will have the biggest impact on you in your everyday life. Because if you think about it, it's um, a lesson that you haven't learned in that life that's now come into your life here, right? So it's something that you're still trying to learn, but still can't let go of. So if you can find it in that past life, release it, you can create wonders and magic. Mm. Yes. Yeah. This was something that we worked on together. uh, My last session where we went deep into past lives. Mm. It was quite um, overwhelming for me. I mean, I've worked with it a little bit before, um, but I didn't know like the the dark parts of it that I was still carrying with me and specifically what we're working on just to share a little bit of an example was that I felt like I was too much of everything. I felt like I had too many preferences of things and that people wouldn't really accept me as who I am because I'm, I'm a lot of things like I'm spiritual and I have my own business and I'm vegan and I had all these labels and I felt like it was 
I felt like it was too much for people to handle. And then we actually looked back at my past lives and we saw some of those patterns and how uh, it had been quite harmful for me in my past lives to be outspoken, to be, to have strong opinions and that I'd actually been physically hurt um, by these things. So that was really deep and getting the awareness of that helps me really put things in perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but it's something that I don't know if I had ever kind of realized just on my own. I think that's the thing around, you know, the past life thing. Uh, when I work with my clients and they don't always come up, but sometimes my guides will be like, this isn't this life, this is past life. And they'll be like, show me. And then I'm like, oh my God, I wish I didn't see that because <laughs> it can be a little bit overwhelming. Yeah. But just to give you like a, an example, one of my clients that was on my on my program, she had a past life um, linked to being a monk and that she had to like um, give up all of her worldly possessions in the name of spirituality. Now, when we tapped into that past life and I helped the that lesson be complete and show the monk that you can have uh, rich and fame and still be spiritual. You don't have to have one or the other. She was able to release all of her money blocks and she made $40,000 that month from her spiritual (laughs) business. Mm. So it's huge. Like we have to really like understand like past lives can have a huge impact. Like I had um, a belief system that I was, I needed to kill in the name of God wild. And I was a crusader in a past life. And I was like, why do I have so much religious programming? Like my mom never took me to church. Like she was religious, but she never took me to church or anything. And then, oh my God, I was a crusader. Like how more religious can you be than that? You know? So yeah, super interesting. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty pretty wild. But how do we sort of in our everyday life, how do we notice that we have these limiting beliefs? How, like when do people understand like, oh, this is something I can work with? Do you yeah, have- because they feel like the actual truth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They do feel like the truth, don't they? So I think it's when you start becoming a lot more inquisitive in your life and you start to not settle for what your habitual patterns are. So it's so easy to just go on autopilot and be like, you know, when you you know how to drive and you drive your car without even thinking and you end up like at your friend's house and you're like, how did I even get here? That's the same programming as our belief systems. You just like, if you're judgmental, you just automatically judge people. You don't even start doubting your judgments. You just, it's just something that you do, but you know that actually that's not your highest truth because you're loved and you shouldn't be judging others and you shouldn't be judging yourself. So then you start to look at, well, why am I doing this judgment? Where does this come from? Oh, my mother was judgmental, but then why am I holding on to this belief system? Right? So you start to break it down. You also start to look at like habitual patterns. So, you know, you might see that um, you are in a relationship and it it you break up and then you're in a business relationship and that doesn't work and they leave you. Um, and then you notice like people keep leaving me. Why do people keep leaving me? Oh, okay. I have abandonment issues. Where do my abandonment issues come from? Oh, okay. My father abandoned me when I was six, um, to, you know, left the family, da, 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 da. And then you start to bring it back to, to, to the beginning. So it's like noticing when you see a pattern, if there's a pattern of sabotage, if I guess if it is not in alignment and it doesn't bring you love and joy and peace, then you have a belief system that's preventing you from being in that energy. 
Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. That's so much such sense. a good way to look at it. Because I feel like many of my limiting beliefs have been shown to me when I have tried to expand, tried to grow, tried to make a move or like do something new in my life, but still feeling held back. Example. Um, Absolutely. For example, trying to move from Norway to Portugal. Just a very mm-hmm. example that I did just in March. And I had so many limiting beliefs. Like I can't run the company from another place. Uh, I can't be close to my fa- I can't be far away from my family and still have them close to my heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't have friends if I'm not there physically. Oh, there were so many things. How am I going to make money? Am mm-hmm. I going to travel with my dog? Like I had so many beliefs to work through. And then all that internal work that I did at the time, little by little, it felt easy yeah to to make the move and because it's meant to be easy right and you know fear is false evidence appearing real i got that from colette baron reed mm-hmm. and um i think it's it that makes so much sense to me it's like if you have fear like it doesn't exist mm-hmm. obviously like if you have a lion in front of you and it's going to eat you that's that's justified fear but like if it's just about moving country mm-hmm. there shouldn't be anything that should so if something's of your if there's fear that's creeping up, there's a belief system that's linked to that, right? Mm-hmm. So like, I don't want to be, abandon my family. And then you can look at like, I'm married to my family or I'm I'm contractually obliged to look after my mother or whatever it is, you know? And mm-hmm. you start to to look at those belief systems. But it can be, it can be also challenging because sometimes people don't want to see it or they get so caught up in their story that they're like, it's impossible to change. Like, mm-hmm. But why is it impossible to change? You're like a limitless being of light. You can your your default setting is love. Yeah. Your default setting is not like fear, angst, sadness, you know, a lack of abundance. That's not who you are. So why are you living that life? And look at the programs and stories you're telling yourself. Mm. That's the best thing is like, what story are you writing for yourself? And does that is that really the highest truth? Mm. Oh, that's and does it make somebody. you happy? Yeah. And does it make you happy? Mm. Yeah, guess, just go on. No, uh, I guess it's just like, for me at least, when I have these beliefs, they, they feel like my truth. And I also look for evidence of them. So I look also yeah. to other people who can reflect back those beliefs and like yeah. comfort me in feeling that limitation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone who will push me to grow through because it's uncomfortable to grow. We feel scared. Maybe we don't feel safe, but then we, when we go through it, it's like the whole, everything changes around us. But like, what an amazing thing, you know, like you're, you're actually looking outwards into your life to have proof of beliefs that are holding you back. So you can just flip that around being like, I'm going to find people that prove that I'm worthy, or I'm going to find people that prove that um, you can be rich and spiritual at the same time. And then your, your system does that too. Obviously the, the thing is, it's like the work I do is on such a deep energetic level is that it clears all of the blocks of the energy so that it's so much easier to then have those kind of belief systems, right? Because that's, it's all about energy. So like if you've created so much energy inside you that like, I'm a bad person, I'm a bad person, I'm a bad person, and you start doing affirmations, I'm a good person, I'm a good person, I'm a good person, like your, your belief system's like, no, you're not. You're a fucking awful person. Like, why are you saying this to yourself? You know, like you're not going to be able to get over it. Yeah. So, but when you release that, that energy and understand like why you have that belief system, what you're gaining, what the lessons are, and like really just shifting all of that, then you can be like, actually, yeah, 
I am a good person. And why am I telling myself this story? It's so boring. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's so important for people to also hear that uh, you're allowed to dream big. You're allowed to have a life filled with love. You're allowed to expand because sometimes we have so many layers. I remember so well that I didn't think that I was allowed to be really happy. Because <laughs> it was like an obligation to have kind of a serious life now that you're an adult. And that's kind of like when I was around 23, I chose a more serious job because now that was the rule. And that's why I'm so passionate now about just telling people, look, you're allowed to dream. Like what fills you up is important. What's light for you is light for the world. Like it's such a big thing. And then like the real work is overcoming and seeing these limiting beliefs. But that's kind of where we start to develop as a person as well. So it's important. I think, you know, with the collective consciousness that we're in, it's like, it's the rat race and you have to do a job that makes you loads of money. But like, what people don't understand is that you can make a lot of money with any job, as long as you have passion and it's coming from a place of service, you can make a really good income. But that's the thing. It has to come from a place of service. If you're deciding to just become a coach or a healer or whatever, because you want to make money, you're not going to make money. It's the same thing as in acting. If you want to be like an actor, just because you want to be a a celebrity, you're not going to become an actor, right? You have to do it from the place of passion, love and service. Mm -hmm. And people just, I think kind of lose that a little bit. They focus too much on like, well, I'm not making enough money. I should be doing this. Like maybe I should just go back to my my day job. It's like, well, bitch, like, why are you doing this? Are you doing this to like help raise the vibration of the world? Or are you doing this because you just want to have more free time? Mm, yeah. If you want to have more free time, like go find yourself a rich sugar daddy. And don't get this claimer, don't do that. That's not a good idea. Great advice. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I recognize um, I recognize both of those feelings and I have had to make the switch in my head myself of going from looking for a job that will give me all of these things and then switching to what can I provide to other people. And that, <laughs> the relief that comes with that switch is so huge because you don't go and like look yourself in the mirror with a... Uh, like a what's it called magnifying glass yeah so you don't become the folk the main focus anymore and it's such a relief to just feel like you can actually help other people and how much it can help us get out of our own pains as well mm-hmm. <laughs> because suffering's a choice yeah. yeah i was just gonna ask like why do you see any like common thing why is it that so many including myself often choose to suffer yeah that's a good question why do i also sometimes choose to suffer i guess again it's the habitual patterns that we create within ourselves and um and i think like i spoke to both of you in our sessions it's about um the chemical release that we have from suffering so like from getting ourselves into like drama because it releases, you know, adrenaline in our body and then we get addicted to it and then we feel like we need it more, right? We need to get into another argument because our body is is asking for it, right? So on some level, we get addicted to the suffering. We get addicted to the drama. We get addicted to the attention that we get or, you know, the the victim energy that we get um, because on some level, we feel like it gives us something. 
Mm. But it's the complete opposite. And actually, when we can release that and we can be in the energy of just peace, that is so much more comfortable. But sometimes people may think it's boring, mm. right? They'll be like, oh, but it's boring to be peaceful all the time. Like, I need a little bit of drama in my life because that's exciting. Why don't you try and find excitement in peace? You know, like life doesn't have to be boring just because you're peaceful. It just means that you don't have to bring in lower vibrational energies. And to be honest, if you move into the energy of peace, love, tranquility, and you're like freak at that frequency, you're going to attract things that are going to be super exciting, mm. you know, super exciting opportunities, meet super exciting people. Like that's just going to, you'll be of that vibration. So yes. why lower your vibration to just be in the muck when you could be in like, the stars. Yeah. I guess we're just so shaped from everything we've consumed growing up. Also seeing all the drama and television, TV series, like, mm. oh, we want to be like in Gossip Girl where everything is happening at once. Yeah, so maybe confuse things and think that that's the exciting part of life, I guess. I mean, I used to like, when I met my partner... I'm talking about him so much. I never normally talk about him. He's like super <laughs> present at the moment. That's yeah. awesome. um, <laughs> he's not, he's in Norfolk. So maybe oh. he was in my dream yesterday. So maybe that's why. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, Ooh, what was I going to say? Lost my train of thought. What were we talking about? We were talking about what we consume. Gossip girl. Gossip girl. <laughs> Anger. Um, so I grew up, not, I wouldn't say it was a very angry household, but I was an angry kid. Oh my goodness. I was so angry. Like I was gay. I was living in like a rural um, village in France. My mom was, you know, religious. My dad was a doctor. And I was just like, just, I just didn't know what was going on with my life. And then I had some like pretty horrible things my mom said and blah, 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 blah. So I was just addicted to this like anger energy. My dad's like quite an um, angry person. Especially like when he would drop a pan, he would, you'd hear it like all across the village I lived in because he just <laughs> swore so loudly. And I think you just pick up on that energy when you're a child and you're like, this is normality. I need this because it means that I'm in a normal family. And so when I met my partner, who's like Buddha, he's just like, nothing phases him. <laughs> like, sometimes to the point where he's like, avoids conflict. So I'm helping him with that. But, you know, so he talks about um, anger and I'm like, I just said, I need an argument, Daniel. I need an argument. He's like, why do you need an argument? And I was like, because it just, it, it fuels me and I, I, I need it. And, and then when I looked back, I was like, you sound like an addict, Andrew. Like you don't, like what you fuels you. And it's, yeah, it's exciting. The fiery energy is exciting, but the lowdown, it's like when you do like MDMA, so now disclosure, we're talking about drugs, but like if you do MDMA, like it's such a high high and you feel so good, but you, then you feel like a come down after it. And there's the same thing with these negative energies. You feel so high during them, but then the come down is so heavy and it lowers your vibration so quickly. So yeah. Yeah. Don't know why I was telling you this. Oh, addiction to... Yeah. yeah. The drama. It makes, drama. It makes complete sense. Uh, sense. And I... We discovered, or I discovered that that I also had this addiction to sort of the drama, and I didn't even know. So that was, uh, but it's it makes a lot of sense. Um, but how how do we sort of start this journey of feeling more happy and free, and start to both recognize but also release this limiting beliefs? Mm -hmm. Like, is there any way we can uh, start working on it ourselves? Firstly, yeah. 
I think like the first thing that you need to just say to yourself is that you are not your human form. You are not your thoughts. You are not your body. You're so much more than that. And once you're able to know that you're part of such a bigger picture, that you're part of the oneness energy, things become less important, Mm. right? And you can then start to live more of that happier life because you don't attach yourself so much to the story because you know you're more than that, right? So I think cultivating a deep spiritual practice, whatever that means to you, this is non-denominational, it's where you want to go with it. But like, you know, doing a journaling practice, doing gratitude practice, tuning into the universe, listening to what it has to say to you, spending time in nature and learning to just re-attune yourself to that energy of oneness will bring you into more happiness. And then it will start to give you the strength and knowledge and understanding that you can change those beliefs, that you can do it, right? So many people just get stuck in the ego, which is like, no, it's, I can't do it. It's, it's been too long. You know, it's been 20 years and there's no way I'll be able to change that. And it's like, but that again is a belief system. It's a story you're telling yourself. Why don't you just change that story and say, actually, I can have anything I want and I'm going to make it happen. As long as I'm moving from a place of love and compassion, heart centeredness, it will happen. Yeah. And then you can then change, change, change the, you know, they say like the DJ and they've got like a a song playing. If you don't like the song, change the song. Mm. Why do you keep saying the same song? And I know to the listeners, it's easier said than done. Like I get that. I'm not saying that you just do it like in the blink of an eye, but it just takes practice and it takes intention. If you have a strong intention that you want to live a happier and more joyful life, then it will happen. But don't give up at the first hurdle. Mm. I fully agree and I feel like it has helped me specifically a lot to read um, some good books on spirituality on learning how we are connected with the universe how we are oneness where we come from to really shift my whole perception of our existence basically why we are here what we are here to do how are we connected all of these things and it takes a little bit of time to let that kind of sink into the system if it's brand new. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I think knowledge is so potent and there's so many amazing authors out there that have such amazing things to say. Mm. And you know, if you're new to it, you start with just Eckhart Tolle with The Power of Now, which is just very simplistic. It's not too deep in spirituality. Mm. And then you just start to branch yourself off. But I've gained so much knowledge from other people. That's the whole point, right? From others. So yeah, highly recommend reading books or listening to podcasts like this that can just help you raise your vibration. Mm -hmm. I think we all share a love for Marianne Williamson also. Yeah, she's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. And all, and especially that school of thought, you know, Marianne Williamson, Wayne Dyer, the, mm-hmm. the, um, Louise Hay, like the old school people yeah, who their hearts are so in the right place, yeah. you know, whereas the new, the new school that they, they it sometimes can move a little bit into like money and it, it can feel like it's losing it. Not Gabby Bernstein, but like there's some other people who may be a little bit less so, but like when you go back to the, the oldies and you get like that truth that comes from it, you can just feel it's pure, you know, it's coming from this place of, I just want humanity to heal. Mm. I feel like the way for me, I recognized that it was something I wanted to consume more of was just how it made me feel. 
like that relief that I felt from seeing oneness, for example, as the my new truth mm-hmm. was so much more relieving and gave me more so much more peace than all those fearful thoughts that I had been holding on to before, like about that it's competition all the time. You have to like work super hard to make anything work or to make money. And yeah, that's for me been the driving force to just go deeper and deeper into it. Mm. Um, and I think, you know, with, with oneness, like I think especially with anyone who's listening now, like the spiritual world is, it can be a bit divided. You know, you've got the people who are anti-vaxxers, you've got vaxxers, you have the people who are talking about like, you know, conspiracy theories where you can get really lost and you can really get full into deep, deep energy of fear. And yeah. at the end of the day, like, both sides of the coin are the same coin. Like we are all one. And so taking the approach of oneness and seeing ourselves as rather than, you know, we're fighting, like there's a war going on, seeing like everything as part of the whole, even the density, you know, the darkness. Like even when I went through all of this like hard time, there was still light within everything, right? Everything comes from light. So it's all at the center, there is light. So I feel like if you just take the approach of oneness, you don't become so attached to the fears spectrum that's going on at the moment, the rhetoric that's going on at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's so important. I used to have this thing where I believe that everyone who was more sort of spiritual than me was almost a better person. But then I kind of realized at one point that they're all, we're all people, we're all humans having an experience and there's not like someone above, someone below. We're all like trying to figure out how we can best express ourselves, how we can be here, how we can function, how we can have joy. Mm-hmm. That was such an interesting... Um, when when just back in the day when I did... um like hospitality work. I, I worked at the, in the presidential lounge for the Olympics with the royal family. So like there was Prince Harry, uh, Kate Middleton, Prince William, like they were all there and the queen was there as well. Yeah. And you're just, for anyone who thinks she's a lizard, she's not a lizard, by the way. I saw her, <laughs> <laughs> I saw her in real life. Um, but you just think like, oh my God, they're just people, but they're just put on such a big pedestal. And once you can start just seeing people as people, like you just said, mm-hmm you just lose that like fear around being around people who are like, you think they're above you in some way. No one's above you. We're Mm -hmm. all the same, no matter what we've done from the serial killer to the, you know, guru, like we are all souls and Mm -hmm. that's what you have to remember. And when you can see people as a soul rather than as their experience or what they have done, then you can move into like the energy of love. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's beautiful. So we got in some questions that I just thought we would take um, at the end. So we've talked about some of them, but I still think they're really good. Uh, One is asking how to start believing in myself, just like I believe in others. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Look, I guess the thing is like, if you believe in others, that's a reflection of yourself. So why don't you start to like see reasons as to why you can believe in yourself? Why, why should you not always ask yourself questions? Like be the investigator of your life, be the detective. See like, is it the truth that I 
can't believe in myself? Or is it the truth that I'm not worthy? And then if it keeps on saying yes, 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 then you're going to look at, okay, well, where did I get this belief from? Where did I first experience this from? And it will probably bring you back to your childhood or something that happened in your childhood. And you say, okay, so what was going on at that time? And you start to just like, rather than being in the story, you start to be the observer to understand what was going on at that time? You know, what was my father feeling at that time? What was my, how was my father brought up and what was his belief systems that he's now like projected onto me, you know? Mm -hmm. So we let go of the energy of blame because that's not going to get us anywhere and it's not going to help us believe in ourselves. We just get into the energy of oneness, of love, of uh, compassion, and we start to unpick the belief system. So if it's like, I'm unworthy of love, it's like, well, what am I gaining? You know, you, you girls know, like, this is how we work. Like, what am I gaining from believing I'm unworthy of love? You know, how is it serving me? We don't have a belief unless it serves us. Mm -hmm. And then we start to look at the lesson, like, what's my soul trying to teach me? I've chosen to believe I'm unworthy of love, but what is my soul actually wants me to learn, you know? And it wants you to learn that you're worthy of love no matter what, because you are love. Mm -hmm. And then you start to do it that way. So if you don't book a session like with me or with another healer, you can start to, you know, unpick it um, that way. Oh, that answers your question. So good. I think it's going to help so many people. Good. Yes. <laughs> Amazing. So another question is, I don't believe manifestation works for me. How to change my mind? So, Girl, change that belief system. Why would it not work <laughs> for you and it would work for others? You need to look at that. Why would things work for others and not for you? What belief system do you have going on there? Like others have more than me or um, others... Uh, get things when I don't. You know, you need to look at where you're in the energy of scarcity because manifestation works for everyone. And we have to take away like the word manifestation. It's actually just creating the reality because of your vibrational state. So if you're not in the right vibrational state, you're not going to quote unquote manifest or just attract what you are of that vibration. So that is probably why it's not working. Are you cultivating the right emotions of joy, of gratitude, of expansiveness, or are you going straight into the energy of fear, of worry? Yeah, because that's going to repel. You cannot attract what you are not of. So if it's not working for you, you just need to look at, well, why is it not working for me? Where am I going wrong? Or am I expecting something? So do I have expectations rather than saying this or something better has manifested and trusting that the universe will give me exactly what I need, but not necessarily what I want? Mm, cute. So losing the ego in the manifestation. Losing the ego in the manifestation because you just never know what might come to your door. You know, you just... And if you're so focused, like looking in the corner of the room and you're like, that's where I want to go. That's where I want to go. And the universe is like waving at you. And there's like this amazing <laughs> thing here, but you're just like, no, because this is how I've envisioned it. And this is how manifestation should work. You might lose out on something that's even better. Remember the universe is always working for you and for your highest good and for what your soul needs the most. So you have to dis disidentify yourself from the ego and from the ego energy and trust that the universe is always there to guide you. So what I'm picking up for whoever wrote this, this question is that you have a lack of trust in the universe. You feel like you, your decision is better than the universe's decision. So I'd look around the belief systems around that. Mm. Massive. Yeah. That's so Bike good. drop. Poof. 
I highly recommend the Gabrielle Bernstein's book, The Universe Has Your Back. Amazing book. That way of seeing the universe, basically, mm. and how we can co-create together instead of us feeling like we have to lift the whole world on our shoulders. Absolutely. Her book's amazing. Mm. Um, She's just, she's so, she speaks in really like easy terms and that really, really helped me. Yeah, Mm -hmm. for sure. If you haven't read that book, I highly recommend that. Mm. Uh, Okay. So I'll take the last one. Um, Yeah. If you have had limiting beliefs that you've told yourself your whole life, where do you start? I feel like we tapped into it, but maybe haven't. We have tapped into it a little bit. Yeah. Um, okay, I'll give you an example of a case study of someone because then that's probably easiest for people to understand. So I had a client who's 65 years old. He's an actor. Um, he's done a lot of TV. Uh, and he has he's a gay man and he has built a lot, a lot of walls around him. And he never believed that he would truly be able to love himself or believe that he's worthy of love. And so, because, you know, he's 65 years, so he's had this belief system for so long. So we just kind of looked at like, where is this coming from? Why can't you love yourself? Well, my father used to beat me um, and he was, you know, uh, very physically violent with me. um, And my mother just like left me to cry and neglected me. And then, so you just start to look at the story. Like I was saying, it's always important to remember that these are just stories that you're telling yourself. Remember, it's also your inner child that needs to be comforted and looked after. So when you're hearing this, it's not, it's not the adult that's speaking, it's the inner child. So it's like, what does the inner child need in order to heal from this? Does the inner child need to write a letter um, to your father, you know, and just say like, if you're not doing a, I mean, a belief session with me, like this is how you can do it on your own. Like, do you write a letter to your father expressing exactly how, I know the dad's getting a lot of stick, your mother as well, um, whatever, the parent that they've harmed you and you can just release that and see it from the perspective of the inner child. Do you feel like you need a forgiveness from your father or your mother? And you can just like maybe go into meditation and just allow that energy in. It's just the inner child that really needs to be soothed and looked after because remember, that's the foundation of your purity as well. So if you can heal that side of you, you can then heal all aspects of you. So with this man, we helped him heal his inner child, helped him feel more safe, more secure, and know that like he is loved and he is cared for. And the parents maybe didn't give him that, but the universe cares for him and his friends care for him, you know? And so when you start to see it that way and start to really... um I think there was someone who said it, uh, Wayne Dyer said, you need to be sick of being sick in order to heal, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and so you need to be sick of that belief in order to just heal that belief. If you're still like holding on to it or like there's something you, that you want it, you're not going to shift it. You have to make that active decision that's like enough is enough mm. and I'm and and then it'll go. Uh, did that answer the question or do you feel yeah, like I need to explain? Yeah, I think it's so yeah. important what you just said, like making the decision. No, but that really answered it. And I think it's like so important what you said that we can actually make the decision. I guess that's why sometimes people really go to the edge or to the really like rock bottom before we decide to make a change. Yeah. Because we're so stubborn. It's yeah. exactly that. It's people... People have to hit rock bottom until they know or understand. Like I had to hit 
rock bottom. That dog is so freaking cute. Again, <laughs> I'm obsessed. Um, yeah, I have to hit rock bottom in order to know my own light, right? Yeah. So, and sometimes you have to do that. Like addicts, drug addicts, or alcoholics, they have to hit like rock, rock bottom until they know, okay, it's time I need to get help. Yeah. But we want to, we kind of want you to not hit rock bottom because that's yeah. not the most fun thing. So if you are feeling like, you know, you're struggling with your belief systems, like seek out help. Don't just sit out there and on your own and trying to do it on your own. If you find it difficult, like there's people there that can help you, that can support you knowledge out there, books that you can read that can support you, mm. but don't go at it alone. Mm. Yeah. And on that, I want to ask, do you think, maybe you don't have like an objective view of this, but do you think that everyone needs help and healing? Yeah, I do. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Every single person on this planet needs help and healing on some level. I think, and it, you know, the new, a new level, new devil, they say, I don't like using the word devil because it just implies a lot of religious connotation, but like a new level, you up level a new belief system is going to come up. You know, you reach a million pounds like revenue, a new belief money system is going to come up, right? So there's always going to be something that's going to... And when you're able to let go of all of your belief systems that are, are preventing you from being in that energy of expansion and love and compassion and be able to shift all those virtues to the positive virtues that you're looking for, that's what I would feel is enlightenment because mm -hmm. you are now moving totally from the energy of heart of love, of just like pure unconditional love and you don't move into resentment, you don't move into jealousy. And let me just get something across. Like there's nothing wrong to have those emotions. Like if you have anger, if you have jealousy, if you have that, don't beat yourself up about them. The whole point is the distance it takes you to go back to love. It's mm -hmm. not about like you ridding yourself straight away from it. It's yeah. just about like, okay, I noticed I'm jealous right now. I'm going to bring myself back to love because that's who my state is. And then you just shorten that time until it just becomes like so minute that it's just like, oh, no love. You know what I mean? Yeah. I guess that's the human experience that we get to have is this growth and then finding the beliefs, digging them out, returning to love. Yeah. And then being able to serve other people yeah. when we whatever you believe but like when you incarnate again and maybe you incarnate as an ascended master and you're there to support other souls on their journey you know and that's so beautiful but like just don't forget like you're also here to have a human experience a human journey so when you do have those belief systems that come up just be really compassionate with yourself don't yeah. beat yourself up about it you're not meant to be perfect mm. yeah otherwise you wouldn't have come here to be human <laughs> so where can we find you? Because I bet a lot of people are curious right now. Oh. Um, yeah, you can find me on Instagram. Um, it's uh, at Andrew Rowe, R-O-W-E 111. Um, and yeah, please do follow me. I offer a lot of great content that can help you with your belief systems, but also your spiritual journey. And I also do some funny videos because I have to get the drama cleaner <laughs> out as well. Um, I also have a website, but it's getting redone, but that's uh, www.andrew-row.co.uk. Um, so you can find me there. Um, I also have a program 
that is being launched. It's the second round of the program uh, and the intake is for September. There's only five more spots. And so that's working uh, nine weeks, one-to-one with me. And yeah, so we look at all the different kinds of pillars. So yeah, that's what I have going on at the moment. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, I love your your Instagram. It's super inspiring. But also like the funny parts of you and you can kind of see your personality come through in, in the beautiful messages. So that's Thank something you. I appreciate. Thank you so much. I appreciate it very much. Yeah, I love it. And yeah, I just want to build my following to help even more people. Yeah, yeah. that's my goal. That's so good. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for sharing and just uh, coming with all of this wisdom. And uh, yeah, thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me on this podcast. I'm really, really excited. I can't stop smiling. Obviously, <laughs> y'all can't see my smile right now, but I am smiling. Um, and yeah, I'm just excited uh, for the future and I'm so grateful for you too. So thank you. Oh, welcome. <laughs> All right. Please. Har du ett enkelt personföretag eller en liten bedrift? Då är er du säkert lei av att höra mig snacka om hur enkelt det är er med kvitteringar och bilag i Fiken. Så vi ger oss här vi. För vi liker enkelt. Fiken, superenkelt redskap.